Hello everybody, this is episode two of My Dieting Life, and what we did for this one is we wanted to kind of take a little bit of a different approach because, you know, I want people to understand that we're really trying to kind of create this profile of all Eat Perform clients, and I think that we can learn a lot from every different body type and, and, and their shared experience and stuff like that. And so on this one, I brought Eat Perform Super Client, Jenny Berry. And Jenny is very well known within Eat Perform for a number of reasons, but the biggest reason is that she's the model for everything hurts in a lot of the squatting and things of that nature. She's in probably a third of the videos and uh, she's also pretty well known for eating macros similar to CrossFit Games males. So, Jenny, do you want to say hi to everybody? Hi. <laughs> so, let's start the episode real, you know, the way that we've always done. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, well, we've always done the one episode. Actually, I've, I've, I actually have a couple episodes that we've done, but I wanted Jenny to be the second one. And um, we started off with, you know, what were your parents like? What were, what was the eating situation when you were growing up? Um, my mother worked nights. She was a waitress, so it was usually my dad. Um, and he would do home-cooked meals. Um, neither of my parents were really overweight, per se, but they were never skinny either. But they made sure that we had balanced meals every night, and we ate together as a family without my mother, but me, my brother, and my, and my father. We had dinner at the table every night, 6 o'clock, um, you know, just a normal, normal family thing for us. Or, you know, Friday nights when it was, you know, Lent, we would go out for a fish fry kind of thing, but that was, it was usually eating at home. We rarely ever ate out. But that's it. That's an interesting angle, right? So your mother wasn't <laughs> home, your dad was home and you ate every night at six o'clock. I mean, yeah. do you feel like that, you know, tradition, you know, it, it did that carry on into your future life? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's harder now because I, um, I am a trainer at my CrossFit box, so and I do a 6.30 p.m. class, so it's a little hard for us to get family dinners every night together, but on the nights that I am home, I definitely make sure that it's, you know, a good 80% is, uh, is a home-cooked meal, and, uh, and, and we're all sitting around the table together. I prefer not to do the whole, like, hey, let's sit on the couch and uh, watch TV while we're eating kind of thing. I like to have the, how was your day kind of talk, so. Yeah, so talk to me a little bit about the fitness level of your mother and father as you remember it. Um, well, so I was a dancer from eight until I was 22, and my mother's only real exercise was she joined a mother-daughter dance class with me. So neither one of them were really big into um, exercising. I know when they were in high school and stuff, they both did uh, the drum corps. My father played the trumpet and my mother spun the flags or the guns, whichever it was at the time. So that was really all the exercise that they did. So this um, super, so super fit, super macro, 
you know, type of situation that was not your reality for your whole life. And, and, you know, them, you know, they weren't weightlifters, they weren't Olympians or, or anything of that nature. I think a lot of people, when they look at your picture and, and see, I mean, let's be real. You do have some genetic advantages, but there was a lot of hard work that went into that too, right? Yeah. So when I say that my parents weren't overweight, but they weren't skinny, my mom was actually, you know, when she got pregnant with me, she only weighed like 105 pounds, but she was also only five foot two. So she was short and skinny, but then after she had us, she kind of got bigger. So there was always this fear after I had my son that, okay, I need to do something because I don't want that to happen to me. But really, you know, she, it was just because they, they never, um, they never did anything. So it was more like, Hey, let's just eat together. And then there was nothing to counteract that. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of hard work because I feel like with, you know, if I didn't do anything at all, which I didn't for a very long time, I stopped dancing at 22 and between 22 and 32, you know, I hit the gym probably 10 times maybe. So I was, you know, I was, trim because of genetics but I definitely did not have anywhere near the amount of muscle that I have right now gotcha so so let's go you know so I, I try to keep this in a little bit of a chronological order right okay. so, so tell me what little Jenny was like like four years old eight years old what elementary school what was what do you remember about that were you were you active as a child did you participate in a lot of sports I mean obviously you mentioned ballet ballet is the dancing you did right yeah well I did all of it but yeah I was uh I did ballet tap jazz lyrical um so everything but like hip-hop dancing I was was not uh I'm not good at hip-hop dancing <laughs> you weren't you weren't so like, I was I was more of the true ballerina on the on the toe shoes kind of girl you weren't like pop locking and, and challenging no I people. was I was not dropping it no yeah <laughs> Right, right. Okay. So, okay. So before dancing, do you remember playing soccer? Do you remember, you know, anything like that? And I mean, I guess just for some context, um, how old are you, Jenny? I am 36. Okay. And so, um, talk to me a little bit about your athletic career before, you know, or if you had one or were you just like, like I always... I remember, you know, we've only had women on the show so far, and we'll eventually get some men on. But, you know, I always remember there were there were, you know, the girls on the playground that were playing with the girls, and then there was the ones that were playing chase with the boys, and then there was kind of some hybrid of the two. What what do you remember about your childhood? For sure, I was the hybrid. I had a brother who was two years older than me, and I thought it was uh, it was always cool to play football and baseball and all that with them in the backyard. And I liked, you know, the times when when I could be the girl who tackled the boy. So, you know, yeah, I was definitely I wasn't the girl who dressed up in the princess dresses, and I wasn't, you know, the the girl who was chasing the boys in that sense. But I was, you know, I wanted to tackle them and get the football from them. I was definitely a tomboy. Definitely. Oh, that's interesting because I, I think I think a lot of people, you know, would look at 
you know, you're obviously a very active poster in the private community. You're incredibly fit. You know, you've got the abs and all the things that, that people would want. And, you know, what I think that's sort of interesting and, and, and I think we're probably going to see is that most people start kind of in, in all about the same, right? Like, the, you know, the, you're a kid, you're on the playground, you're active. And for some reason, people do lose their way a little bit. I think that what you said about your dad and that six o'clock meal, mm -hmm. that represents order that not everybody had. That that was not my reality. That what? Well, let me just back up. That was my reality from the age of six to ten, but. After 10, that was not my reality, right? So I, I just made my own meals. It was fairly casual. There wasn't a lot of prepared meals. Um, and, you know, I, I would say that that did not set a good paradigm for the rest of my life. You know, that really didn't change until, you know, I started to get fit and a little bit more conscious of things. You know, even with my kid, you know, even with my kids, I mean, we, my wife tries to make it a priority, but even to this day, um, I, I would say we're not phenomenal at it. We certainly don't have it as a priority that at six o'clock, we're going to talk about school and stuff like that. We're a little more loosey goosey. So my dad, um, he actually went to, he was, uh, never in the service, but he went to military school. Yeah. Okay. So it was always very regimented with us, you know, things happened at a certain time kind of thing. I mean, he wasn't, he was strict, but not strict, you know, his, his, uh, his type of punishment for us was, um, you know, being, um, disappointed. That was enough for us. Him being disappointed in us was enough for us to kind of write ourselves. And so I think I've always just kept that mindset that I don't want to disappoint. So I kind of, keep it um you know keep a good schedule and make sure i'm getting all my stuff done kind of thing yeah i don't know why it is but you know i think a lot of people um i don't i don't know how we became these parents but i don't think we've ever punished our children um <laughs> I, and i know that that's going to shock people um but I just never believed in like timeouts or anything like that. And I mean, a lot of my uh, work, my undergraduate work was in child development and it was in, uh, you know, I did one apprenticeship. It was kind of funny because I, I was scared to death of babies. Right. And I was scared that like I was scared to hold babies and, mm -hmm. and I knew I wanted children and so I uh, volunteered at the crisis nursery here in Minneapolis. Um, Jenny's, Jenny lives in the Twin Cities. You know, she's on the yes. other, other side of the Twin Cities, um, but she lives in the Twin Cities. And, uh, but I, I just, you know, we haven't had a need to punish our children. You know, um, you know we, we manage things. Right. And, and we certainly have expectations, but it's not it's not to the level of if you don't do this, we're going to take away the car and, and stuff like that. We, we manage it a little bit differently, you know.
Yeah. Well, I think that there's a, you know, I, I work in childcare, so I see a lot of different attributes of children and you can tell the one, you know, there's, there's ones that get disciplined and there's, and there's ones that don't, but I, I feel like, you know, if you keep them on a schedule and you keep them, you know, uh, if they have respect for, for people, then there's no need to punish, but there's, there's ones that are lacking the respect and, and that's maybe where that comes in. Well, and there, there have been times, of course, where we um, have had to tighten the reins a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even in that process, we, we found that the more that we tightened the reins, we just didn't get from our children what we were ultimately trying to get, right? And um, yeah, yeah I, I just think that... Uh, you know, the, the big thing that we focus on is the closeness of, of that relationship, which is a little bit distracting and seems like, well, what does this have to do with dieting? I think it does have to do a little bit with, you know, how different approaches work, right? Mm-hmm. And how, mm-hmm. you know, one person can do one thing and, and, and another person can, can do another thing. And um, so talk to me a little bit about your, your dancing career how that came to be and, and and what was the ultimate goal and did you reach it? I mean, what was, you know, where did you become a teacher? Talk to me about that. Uh, so I, like I said before, I started dancing when I was eight. It was something that one of my friends did. And, you know, when you're at that age, you're like, well, I just want to do what they're doing. So my mom got me into that and it ended up actually being, you know, my thing. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to brag or anything, but I was told that I was very good at it. When I was 21, I was offered a spot on a cruise ship to dance. Um, I didn't go to school for it because I didn't actually, um, when I got out of high school, I just wanted to do community college because I really was more interested in working and making money. So um, I didn't actually go to school for it. I probably should have, but uh, I was offered a spot on a cruise ship and I actually turned it down because I was supposed to be the very next day moving out of the state with my now-to-be husband. So um, I made the right choice in that, but I, you know, kind of look back at it every once in a while and say, well, what if, you know, that would have been a cool experience to dance on a cruise ship for a year, I think. But I don't, I don't regret it, but I do think sometimes, you know, that would have been something fun to do. So after that, um, you know, I, I dabbled, took classes here and there, but I kind of just fell off the map with dancing. It's still a passion of mine and I'll still, you know, kind of jump into that every once in a while. But, um, that's what really drew me to CrossFit, honestly, because I, you know, would go to these big gyms with all these machines and I would go in and be like, okay, what am I going to do today? I don't know what to work. I don't know what machine to, to go on. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I would just always end up on the elliptical or the treadmill. And a couple of years ago, um, a friend said, oh, you should try this. And I thought, no, CrossFit. And I thought, my gosh, no. I've seen all these crazy people lift all this crazy weight up over their head. That just looks nuts to me. No way. And they're like, here, do these couple workouts at home. And, you know, let us know if you like it. And I ended up doing it at home for a year and a half. 
And I was like, this is killing me every day, but I'm getting in a good workout. It's a routine for me. So you're telling me what to do. I'm doing it. I'm getting a workout in just like dancing. You know, you go into the dance class, you do the routine and that's it. They tell you what the warm up is and you're done. So CrossFit was a good transition for me because you walk into the class, you get the, the warm up, you get the workout and, and that's it. So, gotcha. you know, it was a good, it was a really good fit for me. I'm a little sad that I never, you know, uh, kept up with the dancing, but it's nice every once in a while to kind of drop into a bar class and be like, yeah, I know these movements. That's nice. And, and then I'll go back to my CrossFit and lifting the barbell up over my head. And I'm like, yeah, I like, I think I like this better now. So, <laughs> yeah. The, but, um, so let's back up for just a second. Do you remember in your dancing was there ever any pressure um, to to stay thin? I mean, was the, was there, you know, when I think of something like ballet, I think of, you know, people that are trying yeah. to stay thin nonstop. Yeah. So in that area, I was kind of, you know, I had my mother's my mother's genes, and I tended to stay a little bit um, on the thinner side. But I do. Uh, you know, I remember this like yesterday, I put on a pair of um, tights before I put on my bodysuit. And I'm like, why are my legs getting so big? So I was trying to do anything that I could to, to make my legs smaller. But honestly, it was like, it was because they were getting muscle in them. So it was like just a weird mental thing of, you know, I'm supposed to be long, and I'm supposed to be lean and, you know, straight lines, but these muscles were starting to show up in my in my quads and I'm like, well, I don't know what to do to get rid of them. So yeah, there, there was definitely a mental struggle, even though I didn't necessarily struggle with the weight part, I did struggle with, you know, the, the random muscles showing yeah. up. I wasn't used to it just more you know, for a couple of years, <laughs> more, more like body image type stuff, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So people around you, right. So, I mean, you have, you know, some genetic advantages. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, the part that a lot of people will hear is, wow, she had some genetic advantages. That was awesome. But, you know, when you're dancing, you know, I, I mean, I'm imagining it, it was at least similar to my kids where, you know, you're in these classes for two to three hours a day, right? Mm -hmm. And so, oh, yeah. so it's super active. And I mean, when people hear you dancing, you know, my kids stopped dancing when they were like nine. So when you go to 22, you're serious about it. Like, it's a big deal. It's a big part of your life. Were oh, there yeah. people around you? I mean, what, did, were you just tuned out to, you know, the people that, that were dieting around you? Or, or do you remember the food choices or that just didn't play much of a role in your life at that point? I don't think it played much of a role because I was, like you said, I was so active. I, I really was at the dance studio for hours a day, probably six days a week. So I kind of, you know, I, I had that advantage of being able to eat what, what I wanted. But I know that, you know, when we had that six o'clock dinner, it was always balanced meals. And, um, you know, lunch was, was balanced and mom made me breakfast and all that kind of stuff. So I know that that everything that I ate was balanced, but I never worried about like when anybody was like, Oh, let's go out and get a donut. I'm like, okay, let's, 
let's have two maybe. So yeah, no, I never, I never worried about that. And I think that I was, um, I was kind of, I had blinders on to anybody else, but I did. I, I remember having one friend who was always like, you know, I need to go on a diet and I need to do a hundred sit-ups every single night. And I'm like, but you're the same as me. Like we literally had the same body type, but for some reason she thought, you know, that she had to be on a diet all the time and do a hundred sit-ups every night. Yeah. So, I mean, do, do you, do you I, think, I never understood that, but. but, but why do you think that is why? I mean, cause obviously you had the, the image issues with your legs but other than that, it sounded like you had a pretty healthy relationship with yourself and really not dieting was sort of the priority in your life. And so here you have a friend who is pursuing less. I mean, do you remember what weights we were talking about at that time? Do you remember what you weighed when you were dancing? Um, 120, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, right now I'm a good, you know uh, 30, a little bit less than 30 pounds heavier than that. Yeah. But I still am, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for me now to be like, Oh my gosh, I weigh this much, but it's like, you look at my body and it looks better than it did when I was dancing. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, building muscle, you're naturally mm -hmm. going to have kind of a different aesthetic. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you probably couldn't, enjoy dancing the way that your body is set up now right all the muscle that you have it would just be do you think it would be difficult or do you think it would be an advantage um so in the flexibility aspect it's difficult because you know at school we do gym class and I tried to do some stretching with my little kids and I'm like I can you know barely touch my toes some days and it's just because I have so much more muscle that kind of it doesn't get in the way but it gets in the way when I'm trying to like you know, do certain movements. I can't, I, I'm not nearly as flexible as I used to be. Gotcha. So I, I think that, you know, certain movements would be better. Like my jumps might be higher. Um, but you know, my, my arabesque where I'm holding my leg behind me wouldn't be nearly as good because I've lost a lot of the flexibility in my back and, and honestly in my legs too. Yeah. So, so, so let's talk a little bit about that though. Like your, um, so when you were young, you were 120, you weigh more now and, and you weren't super conscious of dieting. I mean, we talk about this a lot, but the more you diet, the worse you get at dieting. So for you to just really have that focus where dieting is not a huge priority in your life and you don't have to have this bad relationship with food that ends up being a net positive. That's where I, I think, you know, I think people have like a, a preconceived notion about what this show is supposed to be about, right? And I think when I look at it and, and I want to peel it back and go, what are the things that we can figure out from people's lives that you could take a piece of and then put yeah. that into your life and then benefit from it? And so... You know, that's where I think it would be super helpful. But now that you know calories, now that you know food and you know amounts of food, do you feel like you were you were eating less food at that time? Or do you feel like, no, my activity level from the dancing was just so high that it kept me at 120? Oh, I, uh, you know, I, I mean, you know how much I eat. <laughs> I don't think that I was eating as much, um, but I, I definitely wasn't. 
uh, as you know, concerned about, I'm not, not that I'm concerned now, but I wasn't thinking as much about maybe getting in the whole foods. I was like, okay, sure. Donuts. Sure. I just put whatever in. So now I'm a little bit more mindful of making sure that it's not all, you know, garbage food, but I did go through a time when I first started, um, doing the CrossFit where I did kind of go on a diet per se. It was a CrossFitters diet. And I was like, let me try this out because she looks fantastic. So I want to look like her. I want to be lean like her. I want to be shredded like her. And so I went on it and I calculated the macros. It was like 1800 calories a day. And I just, it lasted like three weeks before I'm like, yep, this ain't happening anymore. I cannot live on that amount of food. And in comparison, in comparison, um, I mean, do you feel like, your aesthetic now is fairly close to where she was or, or do you even care to make that comparison? Um, so I mean, backtrack to six months ago before I went on muscle gain macros, I think that I was, you know, my abs showed a little bit more, but I, um, aesthetically, I think six months ago, I was probably a little bit more shredded than I am now, Yeah. but in the gym, I can lift you know, I've had a hundred pounds worth of PRs. Yeah, well, since I the, embar- the embarrassing part, of course, is we were working. You know, Jenny went to Eat Perform Summer Camp, and we were working out <laughs> together. And I am a horrible Olympic lifter, <laughs> and um, I, I tried to get—I can't even remember the weight. Um, you know, one fifteen. Yeah, it was one fifteen. <laughs> it was one fifteen, and I didn't hit it. Um, and Jenny, of course, trying to emasculate me, um, did much better, much better job uh, with it. I think you missed it, but you 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 got it soon after. Is that close to correct or no? No. Well, so I totally missed it on the first one. The second one, I got it up, but I didn't stand. No, but it you up got it. My after, elbow went soft on it. So. But after summer camp, I think you got it right. Um, no, I haven't hit it yet because okay. I've been working. Yeah, I have a meet coming up, so I've been working lower weights. Gotcha, gotcha. So, okay. So, um, but but talk to people. So, 1,800 calories, and then now, what's your max calories been while you were in muscle gain? Uh, I think, you know, I, they just got dropped uh, recently, but I think they were, there Drop. was days where I was eating like 4,300 calories. So yeah. it was uh, 639 in carbs was my highest point. Drop to what? T- tell people what they got dropped to because people are going to, their jaw is going to drop. From well, so they got, they got dropped to 599 and then they got dropped to uh, 529. So yeah. I'm at 529 right now on yeah. my day. And I think that the calories are somewhere in the neighborhood of like 3,600. Um, yeah. I just checked it right yeah. before you came. And so um, this is obviously, you know, this this is one thing. This is one thing that really focused people on with like the recomp, right? Um, and recomp is really about building muscle. You're obviously in muscle gain. We, we only have maybe, you know, out of you know almost 6000 people we only have maybe 200 people on muscle gain and and most are guys of course you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. um but Jenny you know being 600 club that you know that puts her 
you know, as the top of the top as it relates to, to women. Um, and it puts her at the top of the top for men. I think we only have, you know, maybe five guys that have ever eaten that much, right? So yeah. um, it, it does it does really point to the fact that when you're on muscle gain and when you're trying to put on muscle, the calories need to be so much higher than you think, you know. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many people out there that are just don't have that basic understanding. And that's a little bit of, you know, we, we can get into that little that piece because I'm very interested in that 22 to 32 um, part. But what I think happens with a lot of people is they, they focus on the treadmill and elliptical and things of this nature. But the minute you start building that muscle and trying to build that muscle, your metabolic demand goes up higher. And some people waste that on losing five to six pounds, right? And then they yeah. sort of get stuck and they're like, I don't understand why I'm not making any progress. Well, your energy demands are so much higher when you're doing resistance training and if you don't get them higher your body will adjust most people i mean most eat performers have a better understanding i remember when i wrote the article do you do you remember the eat your fitbit article oh yeah yeah so i i wrote this article about eating the number on your fitbit i did it for 30 days and showed everybody it could be done people were like whoa you know and now we're we've just so far exceeded that right mm -hmm. i mean do you use a fitbit now i do so i mean when you were eating 4300 what was your calorie burn do you remember um like it was it, it was only like 2300 i think yeah and see that's the part that you know with recomp and muscle gain now, when I when you say twenty three hundred and I say you're eating forty three hundred, any physiology, you know, person is gonna go. Well, of course, that's the way it's supposed to be. I don't think that that gets down to the rank and file, right? And I don't think that that you know when you said CrossFitter diet, right? There's so yeah. many people in CrossFit that don't understand this basic idea that they are holding back their own potential with this nonsense that isn't allowing them to get better at exercise. And the mm -hmm. reason they aren't is because they join CrossFit for a specific result rather than joining CrossFit to get better at exercise. Right. Mm -hmm. And and my guess is, is that you made that shift a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Gotcha. I, um, I, I got out of the whole, you know, I got my mental mindset out of the whole, I need to look a certain way. And now it's, I just need to be better at life. Yeah. I mean, so knowing your weight, you know, like you said, you're, you know, close to 150, I mean, you literally could go to Valley Fair and just win all of the the stuffed animals. <laughs> There's just no way that they're gonna guess that you weigh 150 pounds. You know what I'm saying? No. Um, yeah. No. Not not usually. They uh, they usually can't believe that. And then uh, I'm like, well, I, 
you know, I eat a lot of food and then, you know, I tell them how much I eat and they're like, there's no freaking way you can fit all that food in you. So, yeah, you know, because every time we post you, we post, you know, your plan and, and people just lose their, their mind. How tall are you, Jenny? Five, seven. So, yeah, that's the other thing, too. There's all these people that tell me I'm 5'7", 143, and I need to lose X amount of pounds. And I'm just like, man, you know, you spend so much time trying to be smaller that if you just focused on getting leaner, that, you know, you would get much farther as it relates to aesthetic goals. And that's the piece that I think a lot of people don't realize. And, you know, when, when I look at what we do and how we do it, you know, one of the big pieces is that we just see so many people. And then when I go, okay, well, I know what Jenny does. I know how much she eats. I know how tall she is. I know what her weight is. And then I know, you know, 700 other people that are five, seven, and we're trying to find some combination of, okay, maybe you don't do exactly what Jenny does, but maybe we can, you know, kind of find some hybrid that would fit your goals because not everybody's goals are the same as your goals. And the fact that you really haven't dieted most of your life is a huge advantage for you, right? Because you've held on to muscle along the way and, um, it's just allowed your metabolism to to sprout. So before we get into like the CrossFit area, talk to me a little bit about that 22 to 32. Where, did you have children within that time? Because um, you said that activity wasn't a big priority. Was weight relatively stable at that point? Why did you at 32 start to seek out fitness? What was What did that 22 to 32 represent? Yeah, so I had my son when I was 29. So between 22 and 29, I was basically weight stable. Um, you know, I was, unfortunately, I was that girl that everybody hated because I could eat whatever I wanted and I didn't seem to gain weight. But then... Jimmy, I have, um, to, sto I, I have to stop you right there. Okay? <laughs> because the, what you're saying is a part that everyone's going to kick themselves about. Because what you're saying, and, and a lot of people are going to look at you and they're going to say your genetic advantages and stuff like that. That's great. Okay. that I get it. Her mom looked a certain way. Her dad looked a certain way. There are some genetic advantages there. But what mm -hmm. she didn't do, what you did not do between 22 and 29 was diet nonstop. Right? Right. And right. that gives you a metabolic advantage over your friend who was the same size, but for some reason always wanted to be smaller. Right. Yeah. And it's that body image. And it's so difficult because there's so many folks that grow up in a household or 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 get a internal message that makes them want to be less. And it just doesn't seem like that message was there for you. And and that's what I really want people to get. I really want people to get that the more you diet the 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 worse you get at dieting right and the the less you diet the better you're going to be at dieting right mm -hmm. and and when i say dieting i just mean metabolic health to where you can kind of manipulate your body with training to get to the to the area that you want to go 
So, yeah. tw- so 22 to 29, do you remember what your weight was? Because you, you mentioned 120. Yeah, I think it, I think it stayed pretty weight stable. I may have gone up to like 124, something like that. But yeah. uh, I remember when I was 29, I got pregnant and I, you know, I weighed, uh, I think I weighed like 125. Yeah. But then I, I, when I got pregnant, I gained like 50 pounds. Yeah. So, um, and then after I had my son, um, I lost 20 and I held on to the other, uh, I, I automatically lost 20 and then I lost another 10, but that last 20 pounds just stayed. So So that's what, that's what turned me on to, okay, I got to do something kind of thing. Okay. So let's, let's, let's dissect that for a little bit. Okay. So you're someone that's never dieted and you now have 50 pounds more on your frame. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yes. <laughs> you put on muscle, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I also, you know, I, I, um, when I did put the, the 50 pounds on my frame, I could definitely feel it. Like my feet hurt and my legs hurt. Oh and, yeah. And yeah. That. Yeah. I mean like when your body, you know, this is the part, that this is what I'm really trying to get across to people because I'm just going to tell you, I see things you don't see. I see the people that under eat during pregnancy and don't allow their child to get to where they want to go because they have an unhealthy relationship with food. You didn't have an unhealthy relationship with food. So you ended up 50 pounds more, probably gained five to seven pounds of muscle in that process. Right. Sure. And then once you have the child, you know, you start to come back to the mean, but you're now holding on to a little bit more weight than you were. And you want to get back into, you know, shape. And that ultimately is what leads you to CrossFit. Right. Yeah. So like before I got pregnant, if you want to go like pant sizes before I got pregnant, I was a size two. After yeah. I had my son, I couldn't get lower than a size 10. So yeah. that was kind of like, well, I don't want to be, for some reason, I got back into this dancer's mindset of I have to be long and lean, and a size 10 was not long and lean. Right. No, I, I 100% agree with you, and we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. But I, the last part I want to make is that you weren't lifting weights at 29. And so a lot of people are going to go, well, how does he know that she gained weight? Because your body is your best resistance tool, right? You know, if you look at people that are 400 pounds, they tend to have a lot of muscle. Their bones are stronger. They have, their body has to adjust to that. This is one thing that a lot of women don't. And, and the reason why I bring it up is because people go, well, I want to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight, right? Well, what if what if you put on seven to nine pounds of muscle? That's very, very common, you know, during pregnancy. And so if you think to yourself, well, I need to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight, you're going to make some choices with your metabolism that are not healthy, right? And yeah. if you knew that and you had some basic understanding, then it will put you in a little bit better place. So mm-hmm. you start crossfitting. Right. And so how many years have you been CrossFitting? 
Um, well, I did it at home for a year and a half, and I've been here at my box for almost two years. So that's an interesting discussion too, right? Like when you were doing it at home, do mm -hmm. you feel like you pushed yourself the way that you push it when you're amongst all your, you know, tribe at, at the gym? Absolutely not. Yeah. No, absolutely. They always say that you, you know, you should never compare when you're at the gym, but it's, and, I, and I'm not necessarily comparing, but I never wanted to be the last to finish. So sure, I'm going to push myself a lot harder than if I'm at home. I remember doing a, a workout where it was like, you know, a hundred thrusters for time. And it took me like 20 minutes when I was at home because I'm like, well, I'll just do a couple, you know, set the bar down, maybe sit for a second. But when you're here at the box, like you, you don't put the bar down. Or if you do, you shake it off for three seconds and you get back on the bar because like, everybody around you is doing the same thing. We're all suffering together. You're not just by yourself and you have that extra push. So I, you know, I've always been a big advocate. If you can do it by yourself at home, that's great. But if you have the opportunity to, you know, join the box, I, I, I would never turn back from here ever. I pu push myself way harder, way yeah. harder. And, and, you know, to piggyback off of that point is partner workouts actually in that, <laughs> pushing you even further because you don't want to let down your partner right yep ex that's exactly right yep and so you know the reason why i brought it up was because i haven't really talked about this part very much but because i've been doing crossfit for i, I think seven seven and a half years now um and you know when i was doing crossfit that was that was back in the 2010 where you know, regionals is basically if you just show up, you're good. You know, um, <laughs> and it just started to get to the point where regionals started to end up being kind of a big deal. And we all thought we were going to the CrossFit Games at that point, right? Because it just wasn't this big honking deal that it ultimately became. But I was doing what I thought was CrossFit at that point. And, uh, you know, my first real CrossFit session was during the level one and um i just spent the whole weekend being the demo guy um and i just remember you know when we did that at that point fran was the workout they did after the first day and i've, I've told the story a million times so this will just yeah. this will just be a million one uh <laughs> I, I was i cried you know, uh, I, I had come so far at that point going from 250 pounds to 162 pounds. And I was, I was really, you know, just pissed off that I still, I still had a far way to go. And that, that's a little, you know, it's interesting because I, I'd love to get your opinion on the finish line mentality. Right, like when you're 250 pounds and you get to 162, you sort of want to be done and just be normal, right? Your whole life, you were normal, you know. Yeah. I mean, only when you were pregnant, you know. So, so there was no finish line for you. That's so interesting to me, right? Because because I had to adopt that eventually, but but 
I, you know, I remember just being there and, and like I said, I, I was crying. I, I felt, felt physically incapable. I remember going, walking back with, with tears in my eyes. Um, luckily, you know, Doug Chap Chapman and Chuck Carswell and those guys, they were really super supportive. They helped me. Um, I mean, I did the bar for my thrusters and I did jump up pull-ups and I could not walk the next day. You know, yep. it took me so much to get through. So I thought I was doing CrossFit, right? Previous to that. And that was a big clue that I wasn't doing CrossFit. I wasn't pushing myself hard enough. And and that was that was a little bit of the thing that pushed me into the area of, you know, this could be the next level for me, right? And yeah. uh but uh, but the one thing that I said the other day that I've never said on a podcast or anything like that is I I didn't want to go to Sunday. Um, I was I was gonna just stay around Chicago um, and and sightsee with my my wife and kids at that point. Um, but I had paid the thousand dollars. You know, and I mean, I, I, I'm not joking to you. I could not walk, you know, it took so much for me to get there and, and suck up my ego. And, uh, when it was all said and done, I ended up failing the test, which was one of the best things that ever happened to me, you know, um, just because I ended up focusing more on nutrition than I did. I did end up passing the test eventually. It's so funny though, because I mean, when you took the test, um, did, did you pass it the first time? I did. And did you study super hard? I did. Well, I, I have been in like an instructor's training program for a couple months. So my coach had already gone over a lot of the stuff that was talked about. And I'm like, oh, I know that. Oh, no. But yeah. then I, I, I remember leaving um, the test and going, shoot, I totally got that one wrong. And I probably yeah. got that. So for the next two weeks waiting for the score to come, I'm like, I totally failed. I totally failed. The whole yeah. time I was like, I totally failed. So, the, the so I had that, that mentality that I did not, that I did not pass, but I actually ended up passing. So. The test, the test is a little tricky, right? Like, like they, they intentionally made it tricky. And I'm just going to tell you as someone that, that I don't have a photographic memory, but I blow tests out of the water routinely. You know, I just, I just have the ability. What I typically can do is recall from memory, whatever the lecture is, I typically focus on that. And then, you know, my test ends up being good. And so, you know, it, it, it was a blessing and a curse at the same time. I ended up ultimately getting it. I'm glad I did. But at that point, I really started to pursue the, the nutrition piece. Talk to me a little bit about that, though, in terms of like the finish line mentality, because I, I remember that so big time. You know, I'm going to end up at 8% body fat and then, you know, I'm done. I'm done at that point. I, 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 I'll, be, I'll be there, right? Um, yeah, I, do you I know think that mine feeling? was more, mine was kind of the same, but it wasn't necessarily like a number. It was just, I wanted to look a certain way, Yeah, you know? And then once I started in the muscle gain, I went through this, this, uh, it was more a mental thing, mental challenge for me because I'm like, why well, I, I, I looked this certain way and now I'm going into muscle gain and it's changing the way that I look and I don't know if I like that. And 
but then it's, you know, when I was eating 1800 calories and I was on this other CrossFit diet, um, you know, I, I was, I was weak and, uh, you know, I could barely squat, you know, like a hundred pounds, but now it's like, you know, I'm so much stronger, so it's totally worth it for me. So I don't know if I necessarily have like an end game. You know, I was asking before, what's my end game for muscle gain? Like what's my, my, what's my top weight that I'm going for? So I have an idea, but it's like, at this point, I'm just looking to get stronger and looking to get better. Yeah, because I mean, you know, once I got down to eight nine percent, and I looked in the mirror, it 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 did it it absolutely one hundred percent. I can relate exactly to what you're saying, right? So I have abs. Um, you know, I'm not particularly uh, physically, you know, impressive. I I kind of look like a teenager with abs, right? even though I'm 41 years old at this point. And uh, I do have loose skin um, at, at, you know, underneath my navel. Um, nothing that would blow people away, right? And, and you know, most people look at those pictures. I've put them up on Eat to Perform before. Um, this was a little bit before the image that's on the sales page where I'm a little bit more muscular. Um, but... What I remember the most about it was, okay, I look like a 13-year-old. 13-year-old um, was not the goal. And so <laughs> so uh, that's what sort of put me on the path that, that I've been on now. And I, I love I love who I am now. You know, I, I loved I, – there's no, there's no version of me I did not love, right? I always love, I mean, I remember back to the 149. I I just remember um, there were so many things that I could do. I was like a spider monkey at that point, you know. Um, I could literally do as many pull-ups as you needed me to do, you know. But I really did want to be, have more of a a muscular frame, right? Like if you were saying, you know, if you looked at, I mean, the best way to describe it, you know, is what do you want to look like at the end game, right? And you viewed it from the standpoint of a football player, right? I didn't want to be a cornerback. I wanted to be a linebacker. And I think I look more like a linebacker today than I did back then, right? And obviously knowing to be able to lift more weights and stuff like that, you got to be a little bit heavier to do that, right? Um, so, okay. So the finish line for you is really more of an aesthetic. I could definitely relate to that. Um, you know, I don't know what's happening on your end right now, but, um, we're getting a lot of feedback off of your mic. Um, are you still there? Did I lose you? I think we lost Jenny. Okay. So it looks like. It looks like we lost Jenny. Um, I think we did. Wait, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. I was trying to leave the gym and it said no. So I came back in. So we're good. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, okay. So we went over the finish line. I talked a little bit about aesthetic and stuff like that. And then everybody knows your calories. Um, 
I think we're close to the end, right? I mean, like, you know, from your perspective, what piece of the story didn't we talk about? What 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 do you think people need to know that maybe you've learned along the way? That's the way I try to like to end it, right? What helpful tips did you figure out along the way? That's maybe different. Maybe that's a good way to, to position it, right? Like everyone tends to think of it from the standpoint of, um, you know, losing weight. But from the standpoint of someone that's been trying to put on muscle aggressively, what would you tell those people? You know, it's tough. You, you just, you got to put in the work. You know, you got to eat the food. You got to put in the work at the gym. Um, I know a lot of people think that I spend my days at the gym, and honestly, I don't. You know, I have my full-time job. I get in my steps every day. It's ten to 12,000. I put in my time at the gym. I make sure when I'm at the gym, I am working it at the gym. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm getting the work done and, and, you know, I'm making sure that I'm, that I'm eating the food that, you know, you guys are telling me to eat. But when we put up images of you, people often talk about the fact that you work out three to four hours a week, three or four hours a day, right? Mm -hmm. That's not true. Right. They, yeah. they think that, you know, you have to do so much work to get to where you've gotten. And it's just not fact. I think one of the things that you hit on right off the bat, though, that I want to emphasize is that there's the food piece. Right. But there's the work mm-hmm. piece. And if you don't have a good approach to both, you will not gain muscle. I think the other thing that you said before we talked about it is that you were weight stable and muscle gain for a long time, right? Yeah. And I I think it sort of surprised you exactly how much you need to eat to put on muscle. Can you expound upon that a little bit? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was a good three, four months that I was on muscle gain macros and it wasn't until I hit, you know, 500 grams of carbs that I, that I really started. I mean, I was seeing little PRs here and there. So I know that I was building the muscle, but I really wasn't, you know, putting on the weight, um, for the muscle until I was, you know, hitting 500 grams a day. See, like you, you always talk almost about, every day. Yeah. You talk about the fats, people would be envious. I mean, all oh, the carbs, people would be envious of your fat. This is the part that I think is, is so missing. Right. Like a lot of people look at eating forms like, well, you know, they, they give you carbs. We're mm-hmm. we're pro carbs. We're pro protein. We're pro fats. We're just pro energy. Right. Yeah. And so talk mm-hmm. about your fats, because, I mean, people would be surprised. I mean, what were your highest fats? Do you remember? Uh, 130. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I, was, I, I was eating almost as much fat as I was protein. I don't think that my fats. I mean, other than other than when I initially lost a lot of weight, you know, because I, I I've talked about that a, a bunch of times. And I, there's really no point in going over it again. But you know, other than when I was eating five thousand calories, you know, um, my fats are usually you know one hundred four, one fourteen, like even even in recon, you know. I mean, like I don't want your meal prep problems. 
right? <laughs> I mean, like, like talk to people, talk to people about that. You know, what, what, what tips do you have for people that, you know, need to eat a massive amount of food? Uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, uh, I used to be a lot better about it in the last couple of weeks. I've, I've had a lot going on, so I haven't been as good, but I always make sure that I have rice, sweet potatoes. Um, I try and do beans, uh, you know, a lot of meat. I actually do a lot of, you know, at home burrito bowls because it kind of, it's, you know, the best of everything. You can get your fats, your proteins, your carbs, everything all in one giant bowl. Ooh. So okay, hold on. I, I just want to go into that a little bit. Um, mixed meals. Would you say that you eat mostly mixed meals? And what I mean by mixed meal, I, I, and I think you know what I'm talking about, but I, I want to make sure everybody else knows. I mean, with fats, with protein, with carbs. The majority of your meals, mixed meals or not mixed meals? Mixed, for sure. Yeah. See, that's the, you know, there's all this nonsense out there related to meal timing. And there's all this nonsense out there related to, ooh, you don't want to have fats with your carbs and your, and your protein because you won't put on muscle. The reason why that narrative is out there, the reason why meal timing is out there is because most of those people are under eating. That the, mm. that's the 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 narrative of the diet and fitness industry that constantly has calories low. Like Jenny's saying, when she was eating eighteen hundred calories, just the will to go to the gym, you would want to pack a little bit more food around your workouts. But it obviously mm -hmm. you know didn't matter all that much, and and you've had much better results with more food. Um, oh yeah, I, I'm definitely a proponent for more food. <laughs> yeah, more food definitely helps. Yeah, but I I really think that you know there's a lot of people that struggle with like hypoglycemic moments and, and things of this nature that just get way too tricky with it, and it's like look, just go to the gym, get good sleep. I mean, talk to me about that. I mean, like like is your is your sleep typically good? No, see that that's the uh, the one thing that I am uh, struggling with is is my sleep. You know, I I wake up every morning at four forty to go to the gym where I either am coaching or taking the class, and um, I have a six year old who uh, believes that bedtime can be no earlier than nine p.m. So. I am not in bed until 10 o'clock and then I'm back up at 4.40. And I'm lucky if I get that full, what is that, six and a half hours? Yeah. Because I have uh, an older dog that likes to wake up 13 times at night. Yeah. So, yeah, my sleep is not good. I have a feeling that if, if I could get better sleep, I would, you know, do even better. Can I, which... tell, you, can I tell you a little secret? <laughs> What's that? You're probably need to eat five to six hundred calories more each day because you don't sleep well right like don't you think that there's some correlation to that where to have the mental capacity to get through the day and all these different things people don't make that connection now in a case like yours where you're eating this astonishing amount of food you need that food to recover 
You need yeah. that food to have the will to go to the gym. And so, so the reason why I'm bringing it up is because let's let's say that you're you think that you're supposed to be at 1800 calories or you're 2200 calories or whatever and and you have bad sleep and you're like well i'm just never going to be able to figure this out if you went to 2800 calories now you'd be able to go to the gym more i i struggle with sleep i mean i, I obviously you know anybody that knows me for five seconds knows that i think sleep is a really big deal right when mm -hmm. I struggle with sleep, which, you know, doesn't happen all that often, but but it's currently happening now, right? I up my food. You know, I up my food because I know that my brain needs more energy at that point. I need to have the energy to get throughout the day. And if I don't do it, my recovery isn't, isn't good enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, I, I have noticed that once I hit over you know, 500 grams or whatever, that my recovery was quicker. Yeah. Um, so my recovery has definitely gone up with the food going up. Uh, I have a quicker turnaround time. It's just still, and I mean, you know, I still get probably six hours, but I probably should get, you know, eight. So. Yeah. It's interesting because like even, even last night, um, you know, I, I went to bed, I'm actually sort of, um, changing this a little bit but uh you know i normally go to bed at 9 30 last night i went to bed at nine i woke up at three um so at six hours sleep what a lot of people don't realize and you start to realize this once you have like something like a whoop and i think apple watch and all these wearables will start to give you a better idea that the more you have in the bank the less sleep you need so if you're if you're routinely at eight o'clock and then one day you have six o'clock you might think that you would feel bad but you wouldn't feel near as bad as you you would think and then conversely in similar in similar in situations like yours if your food is high enough you can adjust to it a little bit right it's not great but it's a good offset right yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, that is interesting because like my, my HRV last night, you know, like I get a reading and, uh, it was only two away from a green, you know, which is, you know, go to the gym and kill it. And <laughs> I only slept six hours and, and the night before I think I slept seven hours, you know, so it hasn't been like this astonishing type thing, but also by the way, you know, I pulled back my volume, right? So when I'm not sleeping well, I pull back my volume so, because I know my recovery is not going to be as good. And I also don't have the luxury of eating, you know, 3,600 calories. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm up there. I'm, I'm 32, something of that nature. But uh, more often than not, I don't want your problems. Um, all right. Well, Thank you. I think that that's going to be really enlightening for people and really super helpful just to get the perspective of what it's like to really not be a dieter most of your life and the big advantages that you have when you don't, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, it's my pleasure. Yeah, and pivoting <laughs> to, 
you know, some workouts like the, in CrossFit and things like that, that's a lot easier because you haven't really approached it from the standpoint of less. And when you did approach it from the standpoint of less, it didn't feel right. Right? No, um, not at all. Okay. Now, I do want to clear up one thing because you kept saying CrossFit diet. I mean, you don't have to call the people out, right? Um, <laughs> and I'd prefer it if you didn't. But mm -hmm. there is no CrossFit diet, right? No. Um, they give no. you nutrition paradigms. What she was just saying was that there are diets within CrossFit that are popular. Um, and and so this was one of the things that, you know, she had come across. All right, guys. I, pre I just didn't want CrossFit HQ to give me a call. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jenny. We really appreciate it. And you have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye.